If you enjoyed podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Hopeful Hints, hosted by Dr. Tara, guides and supports those on the often challenging and isolating journey of women's health concerns and infertility. There's a particularly powerful episode that you should check out called All Things Endometriosis, which dives deep into understanding the condition to help the many women who suffer from endometriosis and have no idea they have it, and healthcare providers who are uneducated about it, making the diagnosis process so difficult. Check out Hopeful Hints on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com. Who you are matters. It's just being comfortable with the vulnerability that comes in sharing that. Welcome to the Nurse Wellness Podcast, empowering nurses to manage stressors so they can intentionally reconnect with their purpose, optimize their wellness, and ultimately show up in the world the way they want to be seen. I'm your host, nurse practitioner, Wendy Garvin-Mayo, your stress solution strategist. In this podcast, you'll receive actionable stress management tips, insightful interviews, and strategies that focus on inspiring you to be your best, do your best, and give your best. With that, let's get started. Hi, Michael. Welcome to the Nurse Wellness Podcast. How are you today? Hello, hello. How you doing? Thank you for having me. You are more than welcome. Why don't you start off by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself? Okay. Uh, again, like I said, um, thank you for having me. I think the work you're doing is so important. So uh, I want to start off with giving you some flowers um, just because it's important for us as professionals to always keep, you know, wellness, emotional intelligence on the forefront. Uh, as far as uh, my background, so my name is Michael Williams. Uh, I'm from Brooklyn, New York, uh, Afro-Latino, so Panamanians. Um, shout out to all, all my people from Panama. Um, and basically, I, I guess my professional journey um, is very much tied into just uh, who I am as a person. Um, and how I got to nursing was just basically, you know, um, just growing up in Brooklyn, you know, my family and I, we traveled, uh, we got to experience the world, uh, you, you get to experience so many different cultures. So from a young age, I always knew, uh, that there was a need for me to like be in service to people, but then also, um, do something that allows me to connect, uh, to others in a real way. Um, of course, now knowing that. I can articulate that better now, but as a child, you kind of just have that feeling that there's something there. So um, I moved to Tampa. Oh, I got accepted to the University of Tampa. That's where I did my undergraduate and my graduate degree in nursing. Uh, and currently now I am pursuing my DMP uh, at the Lewis Harrington School of Nursing at Baylor um, University in Texas. Uh, some more context to me, uh, my first eight years of RN, or first five years, I should say, I was in med surge, surgical, uh, GI surgery. I transitioned to ICU where I was trauma. And uh, all of this was in Tampa, Tampa, Florida. I did a trauma ICU, some float, uh, and then ended up moving to New Haven, Connecticut, where I did some travel nursing at Yale Hospital. And that was about for a year and a half. So Five years, med surge, about three and a half uh, ICU experience uh, throughout various ICUs. And then I, after being in New Haven for a little bit, about a year, I transitioned into my uh, advanced practice where I did uh, FQHC, uh, which is a federally qualified health center. Uh, and basically, if you don't know what that is, that's just an organization that's seeking to serve the most vulnerable populations. Uh, so that's your migrant, that's uh, your unhoused. Those are individuals who are asylum seekers, refugees, um, basically those with, you know, the most complex, uh, with the most need uh, are are usually serviced there at FQAC. So I did internal medicine there. Uh, also in academia, I taught at Yale as a clinical a lecturer for several years, probably from 2018 to about 2021. Then I uh, moved to Texas uh, 
Right now, uh, I'm near Austin, Texas, or North Austin, Texas. Uh, I worked a little bit with Texas State University, Concordia, again, doing some clinical lecturing. Uh, and currently in my practice, uh, I'm doing uh, PrEP, HIV uh, care, uh, HIV prevention and treatment, and then also uh, STI. So sexual health is kind of like my bread and butter right now. So that's my professional background. Um, I would be remiss to say that all of that is not possible without uh, my mother. You know, my father too played an important role. But when I when I speak about me, when I speak about my existence, um, you know, it is heavily uh, reliant on the fact that my mother is the person who she is and who I consider like my greatest uh, teacher, right? Uh, of life. And I am a student of life, you know, through and through. And whoever you know me to be or whatever I represent, I'll say the good parts <laughs> uh, are, you know, me and um, are my mother. So I, I think I, I would be remiss to not highlight her impact on, on my journey uh, completely. So I think that's a little bit background of myself. Uh, Wendy, uh, thank you again for having me. Yeah, I love that. You have such a diverse background. And I love the fact that you said Brooklyn. I want to say Brooklyn when you said Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> but also going back to, you know, where you were raised and really honoring your mother, which I just love because my mother is really my foundation. Um, and I attribute my success to her. Uh, raising me. So I, I love that. So in my mind, I'm just thinking you did not forget where you came from, um, you right. know, how you got to where, where you are. So that's amazing. Now I want to kind of talk about, because you are an African-American male nurse, how was that journey for you going through um, nursing school, undergrad, graduate, and now um, being an established uh, advanced practice nurse, getting your DNP how has that experience been for you? So, uh, good question. I think, um, you know, in, of course, as Black and Brown and people of, you know, the Indigenous community, um, there's so many different obstacles and things we face. And um, to start off with that, I would be not wrong, but I, I think it, it would not highlight uh, the actually the um the benefit of being black of being afro latino and uh honestly i'm a first generation uh college graduate right uh so my mom and dad uh, they didn't go to college uh, they came here from panama um so i i have a i have a little bit of that experience but then i also have uh new york city and brooklyn uh, when i was growing up was so rich in your native uh, community. So you could be from Poland and find like Polish people, Turkish, you find your community and you really didn't need to assimilate because there was so much of that authentic community there. So um, the first 18 years of my life, I I would say I grew up almost in this world where it, it was very close to being in Panama, right? Aside from you know, the, the main differences of New York City being New York City and things of that nature. But I, I grew so much um, from that culture that when I first got to college, um, it's the big culture shock of now I'm living uh, with my white counterparts. I'm experiencing mainstream America for the first time uh, to a degree. Um, so when I when I say that, I say that because uh, some of the nuances that we you learn just you know being American, uh, I I didn't get as a as a child. So when I got to college, it was almost like I did come from another country. I was like, wait, I have to learn English. You know, I struggled uh, in undergrad with a couple things, and that was right learning, understanding questions, um, knowing how to take a standardized test, and it wasn't till someone was like, you don't, it's not that you don't know content. It's not that you don't know material. It's that you just don't understand the language. And 
you know, that's a shock in itself because it's like, wait, I live, I've lived all my life in America. How I don't understand English. But then you look back into the context of like where I grew up, you know, how those, how those exams are tailored or that education is tailored really to, you know, who I am culturally. And that's not the main, that's not mainstream America. So uh, undergrad was a very, I think is one of the most pivotal um, moments of my life uh, where it was me. It was all my friends to this day that, um, that I'm very close with. We were all kind of on the same journey of we're, we're in this foreign land and we have to kind of find our way because our parents didn't go to college. So a lot of that was trial and error. And when I tell you um, trial and error, it, it was exactly that undergrad because there was, there was moments um, where um, I really didn't think I was going to make it outside of just academic struggle. Um, also just being young, black, um, un, in that, you know, without trying, there's always trouble to a degree for us. So um, just, just not having that foresight and that judgment, you know, there were certain things that happened and, you know, that could have very well derailed uh, my career as a professional. And then the other aspect of that is that, you know, when professors or, or people don't really know how to interpret you, um, like culturally, or you're very different, you know, they kind of try to tell you to stick to one thing. So one of the things I, I faced a lot was nursing. In nursing, you have to be the top of the top. You have to be the best of the best. And for me, my heart has always been community. So. You know, I was in my fraternity. We did a lot of community service. We did a lot of events. And um, in clinic, in clinicals as an undergraduate, I loved clinicals. I, I excelled so much in that work that involves the community and people. Um, but the, the science, the didactics, the, the courses were, were such a struggle because my attention was very much not, you know, wasn't really focused on that. So uh, that was one of the things that I struggled with hearing, you know, you have to be a certain way in order to make it. Um, but fortunately, again, my mother from a very young age taught me peer pressure. She taught me, um, she taught me those intangibles of just how society influences you um, to be what they want you to be. And she has always hammered it through some tough lessons. I mean, tough love that you be you. You know, that's that's the one thing you could always fall back on is you being you never fake who you are and you always find a way. So, you know, I, I stayed true to that. You know, it was like I was I had bad grades and professors be like, what are you going to do? And I'd just be like, listen, I, I I could study up to a point, but I need to be in the community. or I need to do this. I need to do that. And because I knew what it what I needed for myself. So I went through that undergrad and I graduated. and um. You know, I was practicing as an RN in the hospital, inpatient, and you kind of, this is when I kind of was learning uh, more about myself and the fact that I actually like to learn. So um, I didn't become a nurse or I didn't get into nursing or I didn't enjoy nursing uh, just because it paid well or just because, like, I took care of people. Um, it was really because there was so much to learn. There was so much to do. Uh, there was, there, there's an art in it that involves every bit of you, right? Like mentally, creatively, um, physically, uh, satisfying, like every one of your senses. And I just, I just realized that, oh, I like to learn. And that kind of led me to go back to school because as much as I enjoyed being in the hospital, you know, having that three-day work schedule, after a while you start to realize like the hospital is a bubble in itself and it and it's not it's not that it doesn't reflect the community but there is more meaningful work when you're experiencing people where they're at so that's really what led me to to kind of uh move into the advanced practice because I, I had no desire right for to go back into like an institutional type of uh setting after i got that undergraduate degree but i knew what I would want to do or the next step involved outside, right? And outside practice and doing more uh, involved me getting that NP. So uh, that's where I went back to school. And you know, I, 
I gave myself grace. I said, in anything that I do, I'm always like, okay, uh, do you think you could do it? All right. What, what do you have to lose? Right. So, um, I always kind of approach it from that point where if I fail, I'm at least better than when I started. Um, and if I succeed, then I've succeeded and I move on to that next thing. So, uh, that's what led me into advanced practice. And I could say again, some of the same kind of sentiments you hear is like, you have to be a certain way to be a provider. You have to be this, you have to be that. And again, at every step of the way, one of the things that my mom has always instilled in me is, is being who I am. So I love sneakers, right? I have, I have locks. Um, I like, I like clothes. You know, I like anime. Uh, I like all these things. And those are very much so the things that made me, I would say, succeed in as an RN and as an NP. Um, I, I guess to sum up that factor is I, I kind of leverage my differences, right? Um, in these spaces, in these mainstream America, kind of more white um, spaces, you know, we have that sensation that we're, we're isolated, you know, people go through imposter syndrome. There's so many of that conversation. That's awesome. That's happening now. Um, but there's another aspect to that and that's leveraging your difference because when I was in these rooms, I'm the only one that perceived things the way I perceived it because of my background. I'm the only one that was approaching not only, but I was one of the only ones that was approaching things. Um, the way that that I saw it. So when it came to engaging in patience, I love sneakers. If my if my patients had, you know, some Jordan ones or, or Jordan fives, that was an easy conversation. If if I ended up um, just finishing an anime series, right? I could, and you'd be surprised. I could talk to people about anime or cartoons, or um, there was there's there's a, there's a connection in medicine that really starts with that human approach. And um, we hear people talk about patient-specific care, culturally congruent care, but we don't know what that looks like in practice. And look, and what for me, what that looks like in practice is being you and finding those areas where y'all connect or there's, there's some interest in, in what people do and what you do. So that's kind of what got me into the NP role. And I took that same that same kind of approach in NP where I was, I was real with my patients, you know, uh, I had patients who, because I am Spanish speaking as well. Uh, I ended up, the one thing about Latinos, if they like somebody, word of mouth is going to spread like wildfire. So my patient panel picked up uh, very quickly and I had a lot of Latino patients and, and things of that nature. And those same things, I, I, I approached the same things of, that makes me who I am. I, I put that in my practice. You know, I came in as a provider with days I wore shirt and ties and sneakers, right? Other days I, I dressed down and that, that concept of professionalism, right? Was very much so shifted and it looked, it looked different for me. It looked, it reflected who I was as a person. And patients received it very well because they could tell that that was, you know, that was just a part of me. And I also allowed them to be, to be who they are, right? In a non-judgmental space, you know, um, I can give advice. I think my, my leadership, and I sometimes kind of going all over the place, but, you know, I think my leadership qualities are that, or approaches are, I lead with authenticity and then collaborative or participative um, kind of approach where I'm not here to tell you what to do. I'm here to support whatever your human is and make that um, so much better with the tools that I have. And, and my craft is medicine. Um, so I experienced that. And to sum it up, how I got to the DNP now, again, I'm, I'm a lifelong student and I, and I love to learn. And as I was doing primary care, um, primary care is such like it's so all-encompassing. There's so much work. Uh, it can feel like you're in the trenches so much. And I was just missing, like, that community. I was seeing patients in clinic. I was, 
you know, I took care of all these different people, but there was still like, oh, I need to be a little bit more outside. Um, or I need to see what is the what's on the other side of medicine besides clinical practice. And that 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 just so happened to be what this DNP program has really helped me to see in terms of like healthcare policy, in terms of like how as a DNP or an NP, you can engage in the community in a meaningful way and outside of the traditional like clinical, um, clinical office, clinical structure. So I think it just gives me more tools to what I have and kind of validation to say that, wait, you can do things the way you really believe in your heart that they should be. Like you can reach people where they're at. It doesn't have to be in all these um, specific structures that we do have, which are good, but um, this still, it still lacks a part for me where I just need to be tapped in the community in different ways. So um, I, I think that would sum it up in regards to just my journey and, and how I kind of got from each level. Yeah, no, that's amazing. And kind of going back to undergrad, I can totally relate to you. Um, I grew up in Boston, inner city, went to a predominantly white institution for nursing school. And mm-hmm. when I first got on campus, they said, oh, we, meaning Black people, don't make it in the nursing program. It was really tough. And what I'm hearing from you is because of who you are or who you were then, you couldn't quite fit in that box that they were trying to put you in, um, in nursing school, like curriculum, everything has to be done this way, that way. And also what I'm hearing is that you like to be with the people, right? So so Mm -hmm. you're a people, people person and, you know, undergrad was hard for you, but going to graduate school, and I always think graduate school is very different because you're making a conscious choice to say, I want to go back and do something. So it's a little easier because you're going back with a different intention, if that makes sense. Right. Um, so also, I believe, and when we spoke before we even got um, on this recording uh, a few days ago, you know, that whole self-awareness and authenticity came through and through, like with you. And that's why I wanted to get you on the podcast to really just showcase what authenticity looks like, sounds like, um, and it really is you, um, and, and self-awareness. I think self-awareness is so important because if you're not self-aware of who you are or who you are now, who you're becoming or who you want to be, it's hard for you to be authentic. But right. I hear that you are very self-aware of who you are, what you like, what you don't like, um, how you want to show up in the world. And that allows you to connect with patience because you are who you are, right? You don't, you don't, you don't shift, you don't, you know, transform or conform um, to kind of fit in, but you are who you are. And that is a benefit uh, to what you do um, in practice. And I think that is amazing. I think that's amazing. And you said something else that was um, very, uh, very important that I want to highlight it's about getting out of the healthcare organization, another box, as I'm going to call it, um, and getting out into the community. And when I think about self-awareness, I always think about it in terms of not just who you are right now, but who you can become. So thinking outside the box, I, I think a lot of times, as nurses, we work so hard to become an RN, an APRN, a DMP or whatever. But then we put like this lid on ourselves. We would put like this lid and then there's no, we can't go anywhere else. Like where we're not aware of our potential, if that makes right. sense. So our view of our, I always say potential power and purpose is very limited. What I'm hearing from you is you were able to look past that. And, and you knew there was something on the other side of working in the institution or working in primary care. And you went to seek that. And that's what you're doing now, which I think is amazing. And one thing with DNPs, I think that is really our job is to innovate nursing, right? right. And innovation does not have to happen in a hospital or a clinic. I think community nursing is so important right now, especially being in this pandemic and, you know, the mistrust of, of healthcare systems, but we're out here. We, we need yep. to meet where they are in their community. And in order to do that, 
the right way, you have to be authentic. Right. You can't go out there pretending you're someone else or not knowing who the hell you are, right? In, in order to connect and take care of them. And I also like you were saying that you don't force people to, um, you know, make shifts in their lives. You are the resource, right? If you can connect right. with them, then you can, you know, give them information. They're going to want to do the best for their health. So I just love, love, love that. And I would love for you to say some words to maybe some new nurses who are launching out into the workforce who um, don't quite know about this whole self-awareness and authenticity mm -hmm. and how to leverage it, even being a new nurse. Because I always tell new nurses, you have so much to bring to the workforce, even though you're just starting. But you have so much. And I don't think they also, they don't understand their power, right? Because they're kind of focused on, you know, getting up and running. But I would love for you to speak to those new nurses um, or even those seasoned nurses who are kind of um, just, just kind of in the routine of just being quote unquote, the nurse. Right. right. Speak, to them how, speak, speak some life into them to kind of mobilize them to kind of see past that. Yeah, so I, I think it's important to, you know, uh, you highlighted a lot of a lot of things I said. I, I want to be perfectly clear and honest that um, all that I mentioned uh, did not happen. It, it was not this, um, I guess, like rosy or easy path. Right. It wasn't it wasn't, I guess, paved in gold or flowers um, there. It, it, it there was a lot of intention behind who I am. And again, where I credit my mother is that those early years of my childhood, there was no bend in me kind of conforming. And whether she knows she did this intentionally or not, um, you know, my mother is a very headstrong person. She's, uh, she's a Scorpio, if you all believe in astrology right so she's a scorpio and you know it was just little moments as in my childhood that i could remember where um i may i may be interested in doing something that my friends did or, or um just these little lessons as as a child that you're just like oh if if you know if you my friends could do it i could do it and each of those moments where there might've been a potential for me to waver outside of who I was. And my mother could see that there was, there was a consequence and there was, there was a, a very, very, very strong lesson there. Um, something as simple as like, I'll use this example. Um, when I was like 16, I wanted to go to a party and my cousin, he had some like Prada sneakers and I was like, Oh, let me borrow them so I can, you know, go out, you know, impress, impress the, the fellow impressed like the ladies and the, and my boys and everybody. Right. And my mother, she saw me walking out the door with him. And then she's like, where are you going? And, um, she pulled me up. She says, you're not going to that party with anything that doesn't belong to you because there's no reason for you to front or pretend to be, um, or have anything that's not yours. You have enough as you are, you have enough as you know, you have enough. And if you don't have it, then that's fine. Like, you know what I mean? So at that time and during childhood, I used to say like, man, my mom be tripping sometimes. But it was just every moment where I may have been validated to like say, oh, it's okay to, to you know, to follow things. It's okay to do things and, you know, um, that everybody else is doing. My mom kind of checked me on that and she always held me accountable. So it could be me and friends getting in trouble, me and family in trouble. And she always said, I'm not responsible for anybody else but you. And if you're a part of it, you have consequences. So by the time I got to, you know, college and I really got to face the world, you know, when people talk, whether it comes from a place of love, whether it comes from a place of like trying to belittle you, um, they're so it doesn't necessarily matter where it comes from, but sometimes that messaging is, is a projection and it's, it's something that the world is telling you, you should be right. Whether it's coming from a place of love, hate, whatever, they're telling you who should, who you should be. And you kind of, you always, we all have these moments where we, 
we have that we have that conversation with ourselves and say, um, am I who I think I am? You know, who am I changing to? All these things that they, they always happen. But the difference is, I think, you know, some people have that conversation more than others. And then some people, because there's so much artifact, there's so much other things that go on that can, that we can put on top of having that real conversation that blocks us from engaging that emotional intelligence, engaging in that like um, self-awareness kind of process. Um, So to sum that part up, I say my mom is a heavy, heavy part of that. And now to, to get to answer your question, whether you're a new, um, a new nurse that is, that's about to come into practice or a seasoned nurse, you know, I, I'm a firm believer, right? Nursing, nurses are innovators. Um, we are naturally, we're naturally positioned in a, in a space where we, we create, uh, where we have everything around us that allows us to um, create. And one of the things that I, I see or that I believe you spoke to, Wendy, is, um, is that we have so much power and we just don't know. We just don't know what that means. We don't know what that looks like. And it really, it really starts from a place of I'm different, right? If you're a new nurse, you are not a part of that culture yet. So when you come in, you're different. You spend, we spend so much time in school in, in a position of, I have to listen to my authority. I have to listen to the higher up. I have to listen to the person with experience. And while that makes things easy, it's also, there's also a detriment to that side. And that's that we, we can sometimes limit a person's creativity. We can sometimes limit a person's need to go outside of their box, their comfort zone. And when you get into nursing, you look for how you fit into a place rather than saying, Hey, Oh, I see something. Something's off. Like I'm a new nurse. Why do we do this? And if you ask yourself that and the responses are because it's tradition, because it's what we do, that that's a prompt to you to say, Oh, if, if this is something that moves me, that's a place I need to explore and share with everybody. Because, um, at the end of the day, uh, Part of our part of our duty, I believe, as humans and as as nursing professionals, is to share knowledge. Um, we are not gatekeepers. We are not. We shouldn't be like hoarding all the the how tos or you know how to improve um, the things about wellness. Right? We are we're we're in a place where we should share that. Um, and I know as a new nurse or even as a seasoned nurse. Once you're somewhere, you you feel like you lost your voice or you feel like you don't have a voice because, you know, right, you have the question like um, everybody else is doing something and oh, everybody else is is moving one way. And I see things differently, but you kind of you kind of got to feed that. Why do you see it differently until you answer that question? And. I think a lot of the fear sometimes is that we're uncomfortable with conflict because we could be wrong and that's perfectly fine. Like, you know, for everything that I've done and everything that I say, like I stand on, I, I always acknowledge that I, I could be, I could be, I could be wrong. I could be very like delusional in my thinking and things of that nature. So I have to, I have to kind of prove myself and I have to test you know, those things that I'm like, wait, this doesn't seem right with other people and, and people who are more knowledgeable than me. Um, and even those who are in, in positions that we quote unquote, like rank, I, I, I don't, I don't adhere necessary to ranking because I feel like I can learn so much from everybody, whether it's like the janitor, whether it's the, it's the person who does like launch, like the landscaping, um, my secretary, like there's all these, there's all these people. And there's all these uh, moments and references of information that comes to us that lets us know, like, wait, something's going on and we have to explore. So I think in order to find your voice, in order to feel empowered to use your voice is one. um, Number one is 
learning about yourself and that self-awareness and what what that process looks like is actually having a conversation with not only yourself but with everyone around you not just people who you think can move you ahead it's not just people who you think can benefit you it's literally exploring um people it's exploring your hobbies outside of nursing because those those are things that that passion can be redirected and with intention can advance like your practice as a professional it can advance you know how you look as a, a leader you know it's not just about being the smartest in nursing right um, it's really about being able to engage with people. I think engagement and being able to um, understand people, connect with people, or at least have meaningful relationship is gonna is gonna outweigh just having that scientific knowledge and like knowing diseases and knowing like just how to do nursing right uh, because. People, people are so diverse, they're so dynamic. And if you could connect with just all kinds of people, you know, that's where you'll find your voice. That's where you find the things that kind of drives you and things that you like, things that you don't. That's where you learn to get comfortable with just talking and expressing different opinions um, and realizing that conflict isn't bad. Conflict isn't this thing where it always has to be this aggression. It always has to be this like forceful energy, this, this heavy energy. It, it can just be literally just conversations that can be enjoyable. It's just that there's different, there's different outlooks, there's different insights. And all of that just kind of feeds into your knowledge base and makes your voice just naturally grow without you having to feel like I have to stand up you know, right? I have to stand up for who I am. I have to, I have to insert my way in, a, in an aggressive way. No, you just, you, if you're you, you know, that space, wherever space you're in, as you learn about people, as you, do, as you learn kind of this, the process of you and life around you, your voice opens up naturally. And that's when you start to have that real impact because it's all the impact that you don't see that's happening. It's all the things that people feel when they're around you, when they, you know, when they talk about you when you're not around, um, those are the things that carry you. Uh, that's what I, that's what I would say. And sometimes um, the other piece is that we, we, um, I think I said it, but, you have to look outside of just like nursing in your profession, right? You're not just the nurse. You are, I don't know, I, like me, I am, I, I'll call myself a gardener. I'll call myself like a, a writer. I would call myself an artist for different reasons. Like I'm, I can't sell drawings. I can't sell paintings, but my love for just drawing and I, I draw stick figures. I don't really draw nothing like that advanced. My 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 love for just the arts carries over into my practice as as a as a as a nursing professional. Cause there's been many times where I I use an element of maybe I might draw a picture, right? And then my patient might draw a picture. Or um a fellow nurse, I, I may draw something, then a fellow nurse comes in uh and then draws on top of what I drew. And then we have like this working, you know, kind of art and who you are matters. It's just being comfortable with the vulnerability that comes in sharing that. Um, I think that's the, another element is that we're so, we sometimes get so focused on trying to be whatever perfection is and not saying, look, it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to be wrong. It's okay to be um, all these things. And it's okay for people to misunderstand me. That's part of that is on them. That's not necessarily on me. If you're authentic in what you do, um, that's always going to show. And you can always stand on that. And whoever misunderstands that is whoever misunderstands that. But I, I think just your voice 
is best served when you allow yourself to experience life in general. So outside of your profession, not only your profession, but outside of it, because those things starts to open up. Your energy starts to open up um, who you are as a person. And it's just, I think it just naturally transition or if you allow it to, it'll transition into, into practice. So I hope that kind of answers your question. No, that, de- that definitely answers it. And I, you know, heard a couple of lessons in there is being comfortable with what you know and what you contribute mm-hmm. and being comfortable with what you don't know. Right. And you right. can't contribute. So asking questions. But I think, you know, what you were saying that being authentic is really at the core of that. Um, right. and, and I think, you know, in nursing, we need to cultivate this, you know, authenticity, uh, this rawness, this newness, this inclusion in our new nurses, uh, because, you know, horizontal violence, bullying, incivility is mm-hmm. all out there. And, and that sometimes stifle people from getting to know who they are or their true ability. And it stifles their authenticity. Um, right. There, there lies stress. Right. And, and that's, mm-hmm. that's one reason I talk about stress management because it's not really just stress management. It's what's under that's really unveiling right. your true potential. Um, and, and can I say one, can I yeah, add one thing that I, I meant to say, mm-hmm. you, you know, all this stuff that you talked about is, is, is so true. And there's, there's this other area, at least in my personal experience, where I see people feel like, you know, again, that fear of like conflict and that fear of like, I know this is, this isn't a healthy environment. This isn't, this isn't the right thing to do. Right. And that, that leads to so much burnout that leads to us, you know, again, what you talk about the bullying, all these, all these different things. And I say to people, right, there's not one way to address um, issues, whether it's, you know, um, sexism or like bullying and things like that. You don't have to, you don't have to necessarily put your, you know, put yourself in the line of fire and say, I'm a, I'm a stand up to the bully. One approach that I, I think that's so underutilized is empowering, empowering others. And I say that to say, you know, if you look at me as a person, I'm comfortable with conflict, right? I'm comfortable with um, having a disagreement with people. I'm, I'm comfortable in that environment just because I don't take things personal. And then also, you know, I just kind of know who I am, but I'm not like, a, I'm not necessarily aggressive or anything like that. So that's, that's one way, right? I, I could, I could deal with things head on, but what I, in my practice and just in my years in terms of like just being a professional, what I realized was, you know, I may watch somebody get bullied and it's it's just not enough to address the the bully. It's not enough to say like, hey, yo, maybe, maybe let up off, you know, kind of give that nurse a break. Like she's, she's trying and things of that nature. Right. Cause that when I'm not around, that person still does that behavior. So what I started to focus on was if I saw nurses who who weren't very strong and maybe people had a tendency to, you know, speak mean to them or bully them and things of that nature, I would, I would empower that nurse. You know, I, I would, I would probably be like, Hey, yo, how can you help me do this? Oh, that's awesome. Like, yo, it's, it's pretty dope that you know how to do this and that, and you build that nurse up and you, and you let them know, like, look, you don't gotta, you don't gotta deal with that. And you know, the thing about the thing about people, right, is that it takes us a time to change. It takes us it takes us some time to believe in certain things. So for me, I just I just continue that. Like if it was a nurse who was being bullied, I, I'll highlight their strengths. Hey, this is some of the stuff you could do to improve. So that way they can't come at you or like you feel if I feel, you know, maybe they just you have a target. All right. Let's let's lessen that target. This and this is what you could do. So as you empower that person to just have more, more, the more capacity to defend themselves, to advocate for themselves, the less and less they need you, right? And the more we could do that to people, the less likely that bully has to continue their toxic behavior. Because if they no longer have that power, 
amongst people on the unit or wherever you're at, whatever culture you're in, they they no longer have that power. And now we have we can build a culture that's actually more positive, more encouraging, more more just a place where we want to work, where we want to take care of people. And, and same thing for life, you know, just just in that empowerment and strengthening those people who are in those positions is far better than just also just like, you know, addressing it head on is beautiful, but not everybody. And I would say in my experience, most people are uncomfortable with that conflict, right? They're uncomfortable with being straight up and just being like, yo, you're wrong for this. Da, da, da. I'm a stand on this. So rather than do that, don't even, you know, if that's not you, you don't even got to worry about that. Don't get in the mix. But what you can do is support, support that person that needs that support. Give them actual guidance or feedback on things that will make their work, that will increase the quality of their work. So that way, when this, when they're, when they're alone, you're not around and they have to, they have to present their work or they have to take accountability for their work. The quality is high. So the bully or the people have no, they don't have much to say. They can't say much because it's, it's just there. The facts are the facts. And so I, I think it's, I think that's an area where I, I, I feel like we, we definitely can improve on is just, you know, the head, the face-to-face approach or taking things head on is cool. You know, I'm, I'm always for it, but then there's another element too. That's like empower the people around you. Like let's, let's empower each other. That way when we're find ourselves by ourselves and we have to take on the world, we have to take on others, you know, it's, it's, it's not a question if we can stand on our own, you know, it's, it's already there. We've already solidified that in each other. So sorry to, to kind of give all that. No, I think that's important. Empowerment is so important. And, you know, to add to that, I always think about when someone's bullying you or not being quote unquote nice to you, it's really a problem. It's their problem, right? You're not really the problem, if that makes sense. It's so much deeper than that. Mm -hmm. But I love what you said, because sometimes people witness bullying or incivility and it, you know, causes them stress because they don't know what to do. Right. And they always feel like they have to defend in terms of addressing the quote unquote attacker or the bully. Yep. Where I love your uh, approach on empowering that nurse, right? And letting them Mm -hmm. know that they have your support, which can then create the foundation for them. So whether you're there or not, if it happens again, they have the power or feel empowered to address the issue at hand. Right. I also want to add that when people are bullied or you're not living up to your fullest potential or anything's going on or, or you're stressed or burnt out or what have you, I want you to think about the people waiting for you. You're not able to serve effectively if you are stressed, if you're burnt out, if you're not authentic, if you really don't know yourself, you're questioning yourself. Because in your mind, you have this lid, the the same lid I'm talking about, right? Right. You're not set free from that lid, but just think about the benefit of authenticity, of self-awareness, of stress management, all the things we talked about. And it's for you, but not about you because right. you're in this profession to serve society. Right. That is, that is so true. Yeah. I, it, because, and, and I think, you know, that should be a motivating factor. Like, you know, what we started this conversation about talking about how hard nursing school was, right. Mm-hmm. Everybody comes through that. And sometimes we get just so caught up in our day to day or what's going on or not going on that we forget where we came from. But you're here to serve the people and you can't effectively do that if you have these barriers, whether they're internal barriers like with yourself or Mm -hmm. external barriers happening within the workplace. And when you have those barriers, they also prevent you from just seeing the skies, right? Like like you, like you're able to kind of see outside of the organization, outside of primary care. You're not able to have that innervation if you're so bogged down by these things. So I think I'm, I'm saying all that and I hope I'm, I'm being clear that self-awareness, authenticity are the starting point to you really living your full potential. 
and yep. serving on a whole different level. Right. Right. So and, uh, yeah. go ahead. Go ahead, Michael. No, I, I was going to say, and you know, um, I, I, I also want to stress that it's not, it's not an easy thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, we, we talking about this and, you know, I, I want people to know that, you know, we're, we're also human. Like we, it's not something we just woke up with and, and said like, Oh, this is what we'll do. Um, those self-awareness, uh, type of conversations are very, you know, they're very hard. They're very challenging. Right. And I, I would even say for myself, like, you know, when you, I do it, but you have to dig, you know, you have to dig deep. And sometimes you, you find things that you don't like and you got to accept uh, a lot of certain things. And that's fine. Like, you know, I, I mean, I, I've had my days where it's just like, man, you know, um, so it's OK if those things are challenging. It's OK if, you know, the very first time you're really trying to do it right, you you end up you end up peeling a little layer, but then get scared and go back just just keep doing that just just stay within it and find find keep finding that keep being intentional about it and you know it'll it'll come because on the other side is 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 something much more um when you have that when you have that engagement with yourself and it's a different walk it's a different energy for you but i I just want to highlight that it's not like you know it's not an easy thing and we don't, I, I don't want to sit here and make it look easy, but I want to make, I want to encourage you that there on the other end, there's like so much, so, so much potential. Like you said, unlocking your potential. There's so much beauty in that. There's so much contentment, fulfillment and purpose and um, so much other things that you, you just have to go through it. And um, there's, there's no shortcut to that. There's no like there's no like microwave method. There's no passing all those layers of of obstacles within you, um, because those are exactly that journey is exactly why the end is the way it is, you know, or why what you what you look like later, how you talk, that whole thing we talk about unlocking your potential. That happens because you 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 have to go through that process. Those obstacles are lessons, and those are tools that you unlock at each step of the way that you develop that self awareness. That by the time you get to that place where we quote unquote call success or like the end goal, you you got you you just have so much you just have so much um, like tools in your bag and. And you're able to be there because of that process that you went through. So I, I just want to say, you know, um, it's not easy, but it, it is it is possible. You know, I think we've Wendy, you know, I'm pretty sure you spoke to your journey to some degrees like we all we, we all have to go through it. And those 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 challenges is really what makes makes what you know, what you see and how we navigate situations um, that much more. Uh, meaningful and efficient and and successful in those in those spaces. And that brings me to my last point before we wrap up is the importance of community and mentorship. Mm-hmm. Those people to really support you and push you and talk you through different things because it's not easy and it's not something you uh, can develop overnight. But I want you to know it's possible. Right. It's definitely possible. That's one of the reasons I'm doing the work I do, right? It's really to to mentor, encourage, inspire, empower nurses. You know, whether you're an aspiring nurse, whether you're a new nurse, whether you're a seasoned nurse, because we just have so much power. We just have so much power. I agree. Change that we want to see. So that just it makes even just saying it, it it like gives me chills. Uh, We just have so much power. Um, so if you ever need anything, you know, you can reach out to Michael, who, who's very yes, yes. empowering. You can reach out to myself, but there's there's a community here for you, regardless what you're going through. You don't have to go through it alone. Right. And that community, you know, that community grows the more and more you engage. Like I 
honestly, right now I am, you know, I'm more involved in, in nursing organizations or at least being more mindful and intentional of that than I ever bit than I ever have been in my life. And, you know, I spent so much time, most of my friends and most of my support community right, are outside of uh, nursing, outside of medicine. They're people that I've, I would say, I, you know, we, we came from basically like nothing, nothing, all being like first generation, you know, college students, um, having our own journeys, like going through the trenches together. And as a DNP, like a, a, as I'm going through my DNP program, I've joined, you know, the National Association of Hispanic Nurses. Um, I'm I'm a big supporter and follower of like uh, DNPs of color. You know, um, I'm part of like the local Austin NP network. And the, the one thing I could say is that even with all the support I have, it is uh, it is like it, it's just amazing to see. It's, it's just, I don't know how to describe it. Um, I, I, in February last month, I went to the Hispanic Policy Summit and we did some, you know, uh, talking on Hill at the Capitol and thing. But the the simple fact that there were so many people um, with all their stories, all the stuff that they're doing, it was like you left, you left feeling like this. Um, it's so hard to, it's so hard to describe it, but like, you left feeling like electrified and, and rejuvenated and like the world felt more connected and it felt more like, you know, so much of my nursing profession is there's been plenty of moments where I felt siloed or I have that feeling of loneliness. Right. And I mean, just that it was only three days that I was there and just having that experience felt so I just felt the connectivity in there that I left feeling like wow like did that just happen like I, I can't believe you know um and that's how me and you connected through um through Tina which which I met her and you know it's just it's just that energy is is just so I don't know I don't even know the word for I'm 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 uh I'm short for words on this one but it's so contagious that it just spreads and um the more you do it, the more you find it. And uh, I just community like that sense of community in nurse in the nursing profession. I've, I've probably only felt it a couple times. And it, it just kind of validated and highlight and kind of for me just reinforced the fact of like, oh, I'm, I'm moving in the right direction. But I, I, yeah, I encourage I encourage everyone to find that community. And I know it's hard. But sometimes it's outside of just nursing. You know, my community started outside of nursing with people who, you know, we we shared in similar struggles and and similar things as students. Um, but now it's it's opened up to to the actual nursing profession and networking. It's a, it's a beautiful thing, you know, and that's why I'm I'm always open to talk to anyone, um, and and just support um, what they're doing or just give them insight um, just because I, I, you know, I think knowledge should be shared and we're only going to make each other better by making sure we all kind of keep an eye out for each other. So sorry. I, I'm like, I feel like I just over talked. No, no, you're, you know, I mean, this needs to be heard. I, I, I appreciate uh, your engagement and just really sharing your knowledge and perspective on things. And we will definitely have to bring you back because I want to, unpack uh, more of our conversation around uh, multiple topics that we touched on um, during this episode. So I want to thank you so much for being here and, and sharing yourself with our listeners. And before we wrap up, I would love to give you a moment to close us out and let people know how they can get in contact with you. Yeah. So um, I, uh, I would say, you know, thank you, Wendy, for, uh, having me uh, again, I, I, I just want to give you your flowers and in, in creating this space. Um, the work you're doing is so valuable. Um, and I, I, you know, if, if you don't hear it enough, I'm, I'm here to tell you that, you know, keep doing what you're doing just because uh, these conversations needs to be had. And there, there's, there's such a place and such a need for it that um, 
I, I'm just wishing all the best for you. Uh, but for me, you know, I am on LinkedIn. Uh, I am under Michael Williams. Um, I know, uh, Wendy, you'll, you'll release like a bio and things like that. So y'all see my link there. Uh, you can feel free as well. Uh, send me an email. Uh, M is M will. So M W I L L zero six one four at gmail.com. Um, those are probably going to be the two best way to reach me. Uh, I'm on IG, but my IG is about sneakers and, and clothes and everything. So, uh, uh, probably nobody's really interested. So I just, uh, I'll save the IG, but LinkedIn would definitely be the best way, uh, to, you know, to kind of uh, track me and I, I, you know, touch base with me if you have anything, uh, you want to discuss. So I'm, I'm very much so open to talk. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Michael. And like I said, we will definitely bring you back. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please tell a friend. Before you go, I would love to share a free stress management resource with you. Go to stressblueprint.com and download your free copy of the three questions to ask when you are stressed. Until next time, go out and be your best, do your best, and give your best. If you enjoy podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Hopeful Hints, hosted by Dr. Tara, guides and supports those on the often challenging and isolating journey of women's health concerns and infertility. There's a particularly powerful episode that you should check out called All Things Endometriosis, which dives deep into understanding the condition to help the many women who suffer from endometriosis and have no idea they have it, and healthcare providers who are uneducated about it, making the diagnosis process so difficult. Check out Hopeful Hints on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com.